Good evening, social media. We thank you for joining us again. And we're going to continue uh, with our study on how to love difficult people. We've been doing this for a few weeks. And tonight we're going to kind of combine two lessons together. Two lessons together. Um, but the first thing we're going to focus on is we're going to be talking about is loving others. It says dense and all. Loving others, dense and all. Talking about all of us. When I think about that, all of us, it says, got some flaws. Okay. We got some flaws. So now I want to think in this aspect now. I know we've been talking about um, dealing with difficult people, and but I want to kind of um, think of us to think along this line. What if the difficult person is you? Okay, because you know, I mean, nobody in this room, I don't think, would say, "Okay, I'm a, would label themselves as a difficult person." But I think all of us would agree that we all have moments where we can be difficult. We we may not be that may not be our identity, no. but we all have moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have moments, and so it's talking about loving others and people loving us. Um, said dense and all. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read the scripture for you. Let's go to um, the Gospel of John chapter 13, verse 34. I'm gonna read that first, and then we gonna uh, do the commentary. We kind of so Gospel of John chapter 13. Verse 34. We're just going to highlight 34 and 35. And I like the New Living Translation. So I'm going to read it from there. Uh, but it says, And I, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. I think I'm reading from the King James. Hold on. Let's see. Wait a minute. Let me just change it up a little bit. Yeah. All right. Let me go to the all right, it says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. All right, so this is Jesus' commandment. I'm going to read a commentary a little bit. It says, John 13 and 34 is, is just a simple scripture, but it's so, it says so much. Jesus instructed us to love one another as he loves us. And so he asked the question, how does God love us? He takes us the way we are and helps us to become all that we should. So so the question is, are we willing to do this for other people? So now I want to deal with that scripture because I know growing up, you know, I heard preachers say it, well, God loves you just as you are. Or you may have heard, well, come as you are. Okay, and I've and I've even heard when we consider difficult people, they may say, "Well, you know what? God loves me just like I am." Would y'all agree with that, or how do we deal with yeah, when somebody says that? Okay, he does. all right. But oh, yeah, the but. Okay, go ahead. But he don't want us to stay there. Oh. He wants the best for us and others, and if we're going to be difficult and pain in the butt, it's not going to be good <laughs> on us, and it's certainly going to be good on other people. If I may add to that, you can have 
So I like the way she said, but so she put a butt in there. Yeah, he loves this one. He does. He does. He, because when you're being difficult, you're like, okay, yeah, God loves me just like I am. Because I remember that true story, and I remember being in ministry with this young lady, and she was in leadership. And I remember, I'm not going to go into detail. Let's just say she embarrassed herself. She embarrassed herself. Um, and she did come back and apologize. But here's what her statement was. Her statement was, you know, I'm sorry for what I did, but then she said, "But y'all, but y'all know who I am." And I remember thinking, I said, "Okay, so what she's saying is, she's not gonna change." And she's using excuses. Well, I right. would, what I I think I would ask, like I would ask her, I, I don't understand what that means, but y'all know who I am. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, well, you know if. If you hung you if you hung around her long enough, if you saw her behavior, no, you knew how she was. You knew you saw her behavior. Yeah, you saw her act out. Okay. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And what she was simply saying to me is that, okay, I'm sorry for what I did. Or I acted. I but you know who I am, which means y'all what know me. Y'all she otherwise she was simply saying, you expect this. Right. Okay, and I'm saying. See, I'm sorry, but you know that's how I speak. No, that's not. Right. So my thing is, and I'm not saying I'm not, but I took away from that was so she's simply saying, you're not going to change your behavior because you just want us to embrace it. And so sometimes when difficult people, okay, we have to be careful, and it may be us that we're not telling people, okay. Accept me as I am because I'm not going to change. Because you know what? Hey, we use this scripture where Jesus loves me. He loves me. And you know what? No matter what, he cares for me. But like what Mary said, okay, yeah, he loves me. But he don't want us to just stay the same way. You know, they told us, well, come as you are. What if God loved us the same way? We want people to accept us just, you know how I am. You know, I got a nasty mouth sometimes. I don't mean nasty as in, you know, bad attitude. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I have bad attitude sometimes. I get up in the morning, I'm grumpy. I go, I, in the morning, I'm not grumpy. Well, once in a while I am. But that's where the human comes in sometimes I make a mistake. But um, Maybe it's the idea, like, maybe the good balance is just an idea to think about this balance between he accepts us, but we need, you know, to change. And again, it's for our own good, it's for others' good, it's for the glory of God. Is the shower thing where, you know, we said, like, church, you know, we make people take a bath and feel they get to the shower. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they need to come in there on dirt and all. But you do go to the shower. The purpose of it is to clean you. So it's kind of like thinking of it that way. But it's, again... It's going to be for your own good. You're going to come out sharper and, and well, you know, just as an idea. I don't know. Let me, let me throw something out there then, all right? Because I'm looking, I'm, I'm hearing that statement, mm -hmm. right? Y'all know how I am. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> if she says this, right, somebody in your circle, somebody you know says this, then 
isn't that giving a single signal to us around this person that they have a specific trigger? There's some there's some things that trigger them. Okay. All right. So us being a loving community, right? Is it not loving of us to take note of that? Of course. And say, okay, all right, I know that this is a trigger for this individual. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to guide me oh, yeah. in the how to, oh, yeah, how to avoid triggering this person. Right. Right. Now, because that doesn't alleviate the person's responsibility okay. to, right. to walk in the spirit That's themselves, but all, but truth be told, all of us on the journey, so okay. we all have different things that are trigger us, different mm-hmm. things that we are sensitive to. So in this way, the whole community thing comes in where, where you, you, you talk about 1 Corinthians 13, love bears all things. Love is kind, long-suffering, that stuff. So if, if a community of people is providing that for an individual, that the person who has that spe- specific trigger, they are in an environment where the Holy Spirit now can work on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I have um, something that maybe this applies to the, her or not, but um, if you see them going down that pathway of stress, or you know, um, start paying. So it's kind of not really. It's agreeing with you, but then adding on. If you know their trigger, then you know where to go and intervene and so and find out and go ask them, is there something I can do to help? Because that never, the people, you know, the people in my life, like, no, it's criticize, judge, condemn, trash, bash, gossip. The words, is there anything I can do to help, doesn't ever seem to come out of their mouth. So... If you know the triggering, then you know where to step in and start um, saying, no, you know, is there something I can do to help before it gets out of hand? Because usually that the problems come from stress. So y'all saying be aware of the person's dent. Know what my dents are. And then ask the Holy Spirit to allow me to you know, help you fix those dents if I can, as Suzanne, if I can help you fix those dents. But as the Holy Spirit works on this person, you give them you give them the grace. I just heard somebody the other day sometime <clears throat> it was something who cares. It was some woman she was sitting, it was might have been a question I answered that I don't know. But she was saying she goes, um, love tells you the truth too. But you do it in love. He says, you don't, you don't, you know, typically around it, you go, you give them grace, like you said, let the Holy Spirit, if you listen to him anyway, when you give them the truth, they will be able to receive it and not keep your mouth shut. But it's okay to say, okay, you say that, and then they, they, a person you can see starting to work, they will go, oh my God, I messed up again. And then you have to come and make sure you don't condemn themselves because they messed up. So I know that God's working on me on this trigger and this attitude of mine. I am truly sorry. What, what you were saying, you know, the person saying, well, I'm sorry, but you know how I am. It's like, okay, well, you know how you are. We're trying to get you not to be how you are. 
but we're trying to figure out they said using grace and love and bears on it. I believe that very good. I think those two things. Now no, hold on. Let me let me yeah, let's let's make this practical again. All right. Yeah. Now if the person says, Y'all, you know how I am. Mm-hmm. How do you respond? Like, like in the moment, how do you respond? Well, my response—I wouldn't respond, but my thought part—I didn't respond to it. But my response was, and that's to be honest, my response was like, I don't think you're trying to change. That was what I got from it, and so, and to what Sue was saying, so I'm like, my thing is so. I'm not sure if I can help you because if your mindset is not to change, you just want me to accept your dance. I'll get me wrong. You got dance, you got um, triggers. But if you're not willing to do something for those triggers, Mm -hmm. then I don't know if I can help you. As Sue said, I don't know what I can do to help you because you're saying you want to stay this way and you just want me to, to tolerate it. But that's where inner, that's where asking that person questions and start trying to learn why are they the way they are mm-hmm. so that you can then make a decision after that what you're going to do. But that's also what people don't do. They mm-hmm. don't take the time to find out what's wrong, you know, why yeah, are you okay. the way you are. Yeah. And, and so how can you can't make a decision because you, you, you just don't know that person. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, just oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, just listening to the conversation, um, initially, I probably would feel like what Eric said is like a backwards apology. Right. However, after listening to some of the dialogue, I thought about um, actually the person, you know, sometimes you don't know how to pray for a person, especially if it's repetitive or repetitive action. Yeah. So I just thought about. Her acknowledging, you know, you know how I am, mm-hmm. could direct our prayers in a different way. Because I guess normally you'd be like, okay, Lord, just show me how to react to this person. Or, you know, you don't know if the person really knows that they're acting, you know, how they're coming off mm-hmm. sometimes. And so I was just thinking that. In that situation, I should that's actually showing me how to pray because the person is aware of how they behave. Because sometimes you don't know if they're aware, you're just like, okay, they're just trying to do what they're gonna do, you know, like the backwards apology thing. Right. But I was just thinking about, okay, um, to just to look at it differently, because I have experienced that and it's like, whatever, you know. <laughs> but it can redirect your prayers. Because they are knowledgeable, and so you can pray in a different way. Okay, Lord, they recognize this and help them to see themselves, send labors across their path that they can receive from to try and help them um, be aware of when they actually... (laughs) I don't know what's happening, but I'm seeing some downward... uh, Yeah, I don't know know what that is. I don't know what that is, but... Either somebody doesn't like it or I'm sorry. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> but, well, we like it. But, but this is good. But anyway, that's what I was saying. You know, it, 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 I, it just came to me that, okay, that can show me that they are aware um, 
and that Satan is actually in this too, you know, having them to behave a certain way that maybe they can't control it or whatever. But um, yeah, that's, so that's just my two cents word. That's good. That's good. But that's what I'm saying. This lady, it was the other day, it was a couple weeks ago or less. That's why I saw this lady. It was a Karis moment or something. And she was sitting there, she goes, sometimes when you have difficult things going on, she goes, the only way to do it, sometimes you have to lovingly confront the person, but she, she made sure you don't just go and do it yourself because then you, you're doing what she would say you're going. Why do you keep acting that way? Don't you know what you act like? She didn't say that. She was just, God calls us to tell the truth. But when it's time, it's in love. And then it's, if it's Holy Spirit inspired for sure, it's it, will, yeah. it will reach the person, even if it's not perfect right then, because said, sometimes we have to. It's right. repetitive. You got, like you just said, endure, believe, hope, all fit, but then enduring. Sometimes you have to endure, but it's and the person, that, the way they're receiving it and the way they keep going. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I keep What are you sorry that. about? Because, you know, I was going to say, no, she was going to say something. Yeah. I kept talking. No, oh, no, it's fine. No. I was just telling I'm sorry. I was over riding her. That's all. Go ahead. No, it's fine. No. Yeah, I was going to say, too, is, you know, it's, it's truly we're, you know, we're saying what God knows what the person needs and we're seeking this, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, like the discernment that that's the biggest thing. The person, you know, like needs it. And, you know, because we've all been here, we're in place where, and I know I've personally been where I've mentioned my passion, it was things I went through, and everybody thought I was the perfect godly girl, and I knew she knows better, you know, and I didn't need to hear. I just needed to see mm-hmm. and have God's love. And I had a couple of people, like I said, you know, even really close to me go like, you know, scripture, scripture. I'm like, um, take your God and keep him, you know. And I, I mean, it, it pushed me further away from God rather than drawing me close. But, you know, but then there's sometimes we need to hear like, hey, come on now. You know about it. Come on. You know, and God knows that was we a need it. Was yeah. like, she didn't say just come out and tell him. She just said it. God wants us to tell the truth, but it's got to be done in love and when it's time. Mm-hmm. That's Holy Spirit inspired. Mm-hmm. So God knows what each of us need. That's you true. walk up to someone and tell them, You're a jerk. You act like a jerk. You need to change. Why do you act like that? It's going to happen. And I know me, me myself, you know, if somebody, um, like I said, you know, didn't, like I said, didn't send on when somebody, I, this time, where somebody brings something to my attention that I'm doing. And my, you know, I always try to let my response be like, Okay. You know, I got to work on that then. I have to work on that. And since you brought it into my attention, I didn't know it. Like you said, I could be unaware I'm doing something. Yeah. And then, if I'm, then you make it aware to me. It's okay. I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. So, you know, give me some grace well, to change. Well, that's in the love part. Because, right. I mean, unfortunately for me, it's the bash, trash, punch in the face, verbally, and all yeah, that crap. Right. And <clears throat> I don't even, you know... You didn't even get a chance to even change because you, like, I don't know, you know. So mm-hmm. there you go. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I you think said. sometimes, too, we're not even aware of our flaws, especially if we've had them for a long time. Yeah. And I've noticed this, like, I've, we've all been in conversations where someone will, it's probably where Jesus talked about, like, don't, you know, look at the moat in your eye before you go picking out the splinter and the, you know, the neighbors. But he says, of course, take it out and you can see clearly. But my idea is, I, I had a friend one time, this is just a really weird example, but I was at this recently. We were talking, I mean, she's a very sweet person, so I'm saying this very generally, in case whoever was her, 
She um, she's closer to her mom's age. She has a ch- couple of children my age, and we were talking about something. And I said something about myself, and she goes, "I guess because I had some naive tendencies and stuff." At one time, she was like, "Oh, you know, because you were sheltered." She was talking about me being sheltered, and I'm not trying to be. I knew she meant it in love. One of her children, her grown son, older than me, in his like late twenties, probably at the time he's in his thirties now, was still living at home, rent free. Bill free and her daughter was living with the boyfriend somewhere same thing and I go I'd be told I'm sheltered it, it bugged me in my mind I didn't say that her she was sweet up I'm thinking why would she say that I go it's a familiarity I think we get with our own problems like well okay Julie's sheltered because she doesn't know what this terminology means but oh my kids are fine because they live at home free you know it, it you get you know you know kind of familiar with something and then like it takes a big point out sometimes right and see, and it's stuff like that that can blow up into mm-hmm. bigger conflicts and issues. Yeah. Like, and that, that whole judgment piece. Mm-hmm. Like, I may see something a certain way, but that don't necessarily mean that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and if you, you refer back to what Jesus was talking about with the, the, the splinter and the mold, mm-hmm. we need to spend more time on the mold, Don't right? They're worried about the splinter. And the other person's eye. Because, you know, you, you get into these things where you correct someone and you're doing it in a just in a natural way. Just just being being identifying something but not conferring with the Holy Spirit on the on how to say it and what the timing is and am I the right person to even be addressing this with yeah, this person. Exactly. That's true. Right. So if, if totally and, and that and that can be something that true that triggers this other person. And then guess what? They looking at you. I'm like, well, you you calling me out for this, but you got XYZ and ABC going. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That? And then it just turns into this back and tit forth. for tat back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Has anybody had those conversations where somebody was really mean and nasty and whatever, and and then you say something to them, and then they just go, "Well, yeah, but you did this." Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you did this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but we're not talking about me right now, are you know? That's what I would probably say now. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not talking about me right now, are we? Because where does where's the accountability for that? Well, yeah, but you do this. Oh, remember getting word there. Oh my God. Well, yeah, I've been on both sides of that. I've been on both sides of that. Yes. So it's not right on at all. It, but when but it's not when you do it. Never doing it, but when that person always does that, you're not going to get anywhere with them ever. I'm just going to read a little bit Andrew's commentary on this scripture. He's talked about. He says that as John mentioned in First John two seven eight that is that this is is really a new commandment. And then again, it is. He said the New Testament law. Of love controls people's actions from the inside, while the Old Testament law controls people's actions from the outside. He said there's a big difference. The Jesus statement, as I have loved you, is pregnant with meaning. Jesus 
loved as no man has ever been loved before. And we are do as he did. We are to we are incapable of this on our own. We can't give away what we don't have. We have to receive this love from God before we can let him flow this love through us to others. So you got to first, I love what he's saying, because uh, you got to first, I guess one the ways to walk this out is first, we got to get a revelation how much we've been loved first. You got to get a revelation how much he loved you, what he did for you. Because I think, you know, and somebody, you can speak on, until we get that revelation, you're not going to be able to love other people with their dance, with their flaws, as you said, with their triggers, until you get a revelation how much God love you with all yourself. That's why people looked at Jesus weird, even as disciples, I believe. It's like, we were talking about last why is Jesus hanging out with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but he got it, you know, because he was Jesus, because he was Jesus. <laughs> but don't you think, in some case, we take that same approach? We won't hang out with certain people? Yeah, oh, that's what I'm because, saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think even in the church room today, we still, of course, we know we get that religious system going on, and then it would be this very weird, good Christian, you know, like, they're doing the right thing, and then they stand out because they're ministering to people, you know. And it's like, well, why do you talk to them and them? Well, that's the Great Commission, isn't it? You know, like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So we have to get a revelation of, you know, how much we've been loved before mm-hmm. we can actually walk this out. So, in loving people, they said they're dense and all. And so this is what we have to get. Okay. And that, and that revelation constantly grows. And you get a revelation or you know, we keep it in the forefront. Okay, God loved me that much. God loved me when I was doing this or doing that or even my mistakes. So I have to take that same approach with the difficult people that I'm dealing with, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your marriage, you know, whether it's your, your siblings, you know, you have to take that approach. And says, okay, you know what? In order for me to really walk this out, I got to constantly remind myself, look how much God loves me and the stuff that I do. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I believe the, as a natural man that kind of did that and started walking this out was Paul, the apostle. I believe he wrote in Romans, you know, describing the immeasurableness of God's love, you know, no height, the depth. And he understood that nothing could separate him from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So then later on, um, in one of his letters, he's writing how he had kind of apprehended or gotten to the point where he said he could be all things to all people so that he might by all means save some. So if somebody was, you know, weak, then he would he would empathize with them and become weak or share weakness. You know, if they were whatever case, you know, he talked under law or, you know, if they didn't eat certain things, then he would say, I, okay, well, I don't eat certain things. If you don't eat it, I don't eat it. Right. If you eat it, I eat it. You know, he basically would just 
you know, become a chameleon, you know that word chameleon, chameleon, I think I'm saying it right. Whereas that can be looked at as a negative, but in Christ, something like that would be a positive because the end goal is, is what he says, that by all means I might save some. I'm going to read this from the, the notes. It says, the, the law commandments were done in order to obtain God's love. The New Testament law is in response to God's love. So see the difference there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Under the old covenant, we was doing things to try to obtain God's love. Okay. You know, you got to, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt commit, commit adultery. You know, in order to get God love, I got to do all these things. But the New Testament, Jesus, that's why he said, a new commandment I give you, okay, that, you know, we love one another. So he's saying, hey, now I want you to respond. It's in response to what I've already done. So it's no longer, okay, I'm trying to do something to get God to love me. No, I'm just responding to his love of what he's already done. And he showed us that love well, on the cross. That's He demonstrated it. So well, that makes me think of the word grace again, because I'm, I'm really trying to train, get my brain in the grace. Because um, uh, we receive salvation by grace, you know. So God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So that's how we know. We got God's love by grace. And what's the scripture with about grace? We got we're saved. We are saved by grace. Through faith. faith. So the love, that's how you see how I had to kind of put a couple scriptures together mm -hmm. to make my point. So somebody can make it better than I am, because I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> so for God so loved the world, so the so the revelation of God's love is for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So then you accept Jesus by grace that God gave 2,000 years ago. And so that's how we know God loves us. So I never, I didn't, I'm putting, so the Old Testament, New Testament, like I, didn't, I really never knew any of that. So grace is what, how we were saved by grace. It's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the love scripture. God I like so the way um, the I like the way where Barry Bennett put it. He says, "Grace is God's provision to meet man's every need." Mm -hmm. Oh wow! He always says cool stuff. Oh, yeah, and I, 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 he said that I hung on to it. So he say said, it again, God. God's grace is. He says, "I mean, grace is God's provision." Yes. To meet man's every need. And that's where we were talking about the grace part. Jesus, for we, for by we know by the grace mm -hmm. Jesus was made poor. God's every need. And then Andrew, the recent one, a couple weeks ago, he, um, you've already got it. I, oh God, I gotta get back to that. Um, the basic grace is just. This is God's provision. It's already there. It's already it's there. It's already done. So that's yes. what grace is. So God, he made everything available to us through grace. So whatever we, he, he made, he tells us what we have in grace. 
So we talking yeah. about love now. We got yeah. peace now. We got joy. We got right. all that. Grace has already provided all that. But see, I know, you know, you grew up in a traditional church. You know, they tell you you got saved through faith. But then they right. tell you you got to do X, Y, Z, you know, to get it, the love. Okay, you know, so there's kind of like, well, you know, you going back and forth, you're getting tug of war, okay? You say I'm saved by grace through faith, but then you tell me if I don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm going, you know, in some cases they tell you, you're going to lose it. Okay, you know, you, you Jesus did it all, but you still got to do enough to stay safe. Or for you got to do enough to stay loved. Cause if you don't do it, you got you don't do enough to stay love yeah. X Y and Z. Then he gonna you know okay he gonna turn the, the love faucet off. Yeah. And so you no longer gonna get his love because you're not doing X Y and Z. You're not doing this. You're not so, doing that. And that and and that that gets to the to the point that you know Andrew was making in that commentary about how we're in a position now where we we can love from the inside out. And, you know, Sue has been, you know, using the word grace, right? And so one of the definitions of grace is unmerited favor, mm-hmm. right? Now, when we talk about interaction with people and, and, and dense, right? Now, I see Mary on the street. I, if, if, you know, she says something to me and I cuss her out real good. Now, do I deserve for her to respond in a respectful, calm, loving way to me? Mm-hmm. No, 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 I don't. But, but, do any of us deserve his love, no. God's love? Do no. do any of us deserve mm-hmm. truly deserve anything? From his perspective. Can I ask, Nate, what's the difference between deserve and earned? What's what's the difference? Because I some would say some would say nothing. Yeah. Because if if I if somebody says, okay, I you work for eight hours, then I'm I'm gonna pay you X Y Z amount of dollars. I earn if I work the eight hours, I earn that. So when I get it, I, I deserve to get paid because of what I did. Yeah. Right. So there's still there's still it's a it's a transaction, right? Mm-hmm. So and that's and that's and we we get caught in that because the, honestly that's the way of the world. That's the way the natural world works. That's where we you know because my supervisor isn't going to give me my salary by grace. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I, I wish he was. <laughs> I wish it did, but it's not. That I have to, you know, put some time in, yeah. right? And, and see that 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 mindset it translates to relationships on all different levels, and we and and you know us getting away from that perspective is it's a lifetime journey to be to be honest if we think about it. Mm-hmm. To truly walking out the grace of God. Because we are called to do to love others as he, he loves, loves us. Mm-hmm. Now, how big of a task is that? Yeah. How big of a task is that? 
that only the Holy Spirit can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't do that in our flesh. But there's, a, I've listened to this so, so many times, um, uh, Ed Smith, um, a really a, a psychology, Christian psychologist, um, that it's almost like I don't have to try to do anything because I don't, he, he taught me in psychology, you know this, I don't respond to you, like, Whatever you do, whatever, okay, so you cussed her out or whatever. I don't even kind of operate in, oh, I'm loving you, in the, but in the sense of I don't respond. You don't, because then you're controlling me. If you're doing whatever and then I respond in anger or pay you back, well, then you're controlling me. And so for some, I, I love that teaching, and it's hard to kind of explain it. But... um so from a psychology point of view, yeah, that, I mean, they it's like that's their anger and mm-hmm. I'm going to be who I am. And so I don't even know if that's even a love thing for me rather than a psychology thing. I put the two together. I don't, I'm not going to respond in kind just because that you don't control me. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I mean, so that's called being in control of your emotions as well. But I, I've spent several years, every time I would, you know, get angry or whatever, I'd go put that CD in. You know, mm-hmm. that's their anger. That's, you You just don't. Because then they're controlling your emotions. They're controlling you. Instead of you controlling you. So... All right, so my question would be with that, I heard. Would that be just shutting down or no. would that respond in love? Um, because you can just I shut down know. to the point where you're like, okay, I'm not going to respond to you. I'm I'm not sure if I'm showing love. I just shut down and just like, okay, not going to respond. Not going to do this. You know, hey, whatever, you know. I mean, because it's, no. it's a lot of nuance to that. Right. You know. It's, it's nuanced to it because if 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 something is done or said that that triggers that triggers a person, right? That triggers you to a certain degree. Maybe the best thing that you can do in that moment is to kind of mm-hmm. step away and be quiet, because you know, just from a practical perspective. If I try to engage in, in a in a in a dialogue, and I know my emotions are a certain way, and this, and the person that's 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 interacting with me is already kind of elevated, or I perceive that they are, then the the atmosphere is going to be charged for conflict. So, in some instances, that may be the most loving thing I could do in that moment. Okay. Now, not to not to do what we call stonewalling, where you just shut a person, you just shut down for an extended period of time. But if you know, if I open my mouth, I'm gonna say something sideways. Then in that moment, it's an act of self control to not say something. Okay. Um. 
um, be a little real for just a few seconds. Um, just a little surface real. Something transpired uh, not too many hours ago, and somebody came in the middle and they said, separate, go to bed. That's the best thing you can do right now. And they said it with love, but they said it with authority. And they came in the middle of it and they said, go to your corners, in other words. We will talk about it tomorrow. Go to bed. That's the best thing you could have did. Okay. That's sort of that kind of is what's being said. Didn't you say too that the one of the gentlemen at the gym that runs the desk, he said that him and his wife, if they get into it, they'll oh yeah, they're the way that they handle it. They'll he watch said him and his wife when they are they get into an argument, they will they stop and they they as soon as it starts getting real heated, they stop and they go let's go watch a movie. They'll go sit on the, the sofa and watch some movie they like, and and just let it calm down. And then they'll try to talk through it. And that way they they go to the corners, they enjoy something else. He said, we do it all the time. He goes, it's hard, but it works. Because that reminds me of something that right before she said that, I remember, I don't know if the Holy Spirit gave me this or I came up with it, whatever. But um, even if it's a stranger, as soon, somehow I came up with this a while back. I don't know. As soon as you come in contact with another person, for me, um, now it's a team. So I'm going to go with, it's a team. What do we, you know, how, how do we make the team succeed? And maybe you can and maybe you can't. But, um, you know, because God doesn't say you have to be friends with everyone or hang around, especially abusive people. But so I guess that was it. That's our, in my subconscious. How can we make the team win? And it could be someone, you know, just that you don't even know. But that, so my goal is how can we make this team work in this moment? Um, so I don't even know what, how else to describe it. But that's right there that husband and wife okay. team. They went and did the team sport and watched a movie. Boom. They, they've already decided we're a team. This is, we're going to make, you know, we're going to work it out. We're, they showed by their behavior, we are a team. Okay. All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump now. Uh, so we combine lesson four and lesson five. So now lesson five talks about this. It says, and this makes this statement, and we've probably heard this before, disagree agreeably. That's, That's what they would say, Pierre. Disagree. Oh. Now I'm gonna read the comment. It says here, we often find loving people who don't agree with us more difficult than loving those who do. When everyone thinks as we think, loving them often is much easier. But respecting everyone's right to have their own opinion is an important key to loving people. See, when you try to convince people to change their mind and agree with us, and we continue doing it long enough, it usually ends up in anger. It says people want freedom. They don't want to be controlled or manipulated. Now, I think that's key, because when I thought about this, and when we think of the aspect of this, um, and this can be in a relationship or 
as far as um, meeting people who believe different than you do. Mm-hmm. You know, they may share a different view, you know, than what you do. And you may label that person as being difficult. And maybe they are. But I like the fact that he says, okay, hey, how do we handle people who disagree with us, you know, and we don't see eye to eye? I have a couple of coworkers. This comes off the top of my head, and they're both um, Muslim girls, and I, I get along really well with both of them. And um, first time I really ever figured it out, um, they don't dress the way normally you. They dress like American, but I guess they they celebrate the holidays. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I had asked about like how was Easter or something one time, and they and she smiled. She goes, "I don't actually celebrate Easter." And she talked about. It. I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." So then like. When they're one of their holidays, they're like, how did it go? You know, they were celebrating, whatever. And I, you know, I don't celebrate that, but I know being rude to them and saying, oh my gosh, you know, it's not like a Christian faith. You know, you know it's like, it's not going to win any points for God. So I just try to be respectful, you know. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> mm, that's good. Now, see, we got to get Eric to preach this before the election season next year. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus, Julius. And Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it that like that whole thing about agreeing disagreeably. That's that's oh, like it's 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 a big deal mm-hmm. because you know you can you can have a conviction about something, you know, but my my conviction doesn't give me license to belittle you as a person, belittle your intelligence. And sometimes we can get caught up in our whatever our individual camps are, you know, whether it be a denominational camp or a political camp or even or, or a racial camp. You can get so caught up in that stuff that that identity overcomes it. Yeah, that that <laughs> identity it 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 supersedes who you are in Christ. So this these little kingdoms get exalted over the kingdom. And, and of course, the enemy uses that and he uses that to an advantage in order to do what? To seek, to, seek, to steal, kill, and destroy, to separate. Yep. Conflict, division. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, I hear people say, you know, I mean, when it comes to relationship, marriage or whatever, you know, well, you know, I'm looking for my soulmate. Okay, now you have to define soulmate for me because if if you're looking for somebody to, as they say here, just agree with everything you've done, you know, that's your soulmate. Yeah. I mean, no, because, you know, and it's true, you know, we hear, I don't know, y'all may have heard that, you've heard the slogan, opposite the tracks. Oh, then that would be, right. So that means there will be areas of disagreement where y'all don't see it eye to eye, but. You know, when people say, you know, I'm looking for my or, you know, I want to marry my soulmate. Well, and they, and they make it sound like it's only one person on the earth that God ever intended for you to be with. And that is not correct. Because here's the thing about that. And I think about if I married the wrong person, that throw everything out of whack. Just one person. <clears throat> okay. And so if you're looking for somebody and like I like what it says, it says it's. It's so much easier than Julie's dealt with it. Um, 
we want to surround ourselves with people who are just like us. Okay, I don't want nobody to challenge me on my thinking, you know, the way I believe. I just want friends. I want yes men or yes women. But the same couple that we were talking about, they both like, he he, he, he helps run the gym. He's, he works there. Mm-hmm. His, his wife love to bike. They do biking a lot. He does, he runs too, and he loves it. But he said his wife, that's what a conflict they have, that they deal with. They both love it. But she recently, that was like four or five months ago, he was telling the story. He goes, some man that was just kind of an acquaintance that came up to her and said, hey, you know, I'm going biking and stuff like that. And she goes, oh, yeah, you like the bike? He goes, yeah, I think I was going to be. He was explaining something he wanted to bike. She, she, she's going like, I would love to go with you. And he's going like, when he found he goes, what are you doing? He goes, she said, well, he wants to go biking. She goes, he said, you don't know him that well to be going off biking with him. And then she you goes, say her, her intentions were biking. Yeah, pure. She just was like biking. You know, she she, was all like she could say bad. was biking. Mm-hmm. And he said, she did not even think of it the way he was. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. <laughs> and she got mad at him because he she wanted to go so bad. She goes, why don't you what's wrong? He goes, you don't know him that well. You ever go off and bike with someone you don't know? And she goes, well, I still want to bike. She just could think nothing but biking. And he had a hard time, so they were they were in a conflict over there. He goes, but he won out because he made her understand this is not safe. And he might be the nicest man on this earth, but you don't know him. All she can say is bike. He's, and, and Dennis was telling me, he goes, I am not kidding. That woman will bike with anybody he has to tell him no, because he's not looking at it the same way. Go. Mm-hmm. The perception cause a conflict with, with like the political. <coughs> I mentioned earlier, so I was thinking about it. It took me just, I guess, sometimes experiences in life, you know, like to like think about things differently. And I mean, I'm a big everybody knows me. I am like as pro life as you possibly can get. I don't know how much more pro life, you know, about babies or a life from the time they're conceived. I'm absolutely for that. You know, that's me. But I go, I would think sometimes, I remember he's like, oh, someone believes an abortion on Facebook, or my friend, you know, I get really mad, and I mean, of course, it is bad, mm-hmm. and I do not agree with that, and I think it's completely absolutely wrong, but it's me to be really good friends with somebody who agrees with it very, as you say, heavy duty, and women's rights, as I say it that way, and I remember talking to God one time about it, and I'm like, God, I know, I know this person. I know they would never murder anybody. They would never, you know, I just say it really bothered me. And I, I asked God about it, like just, you know, like playing out just pure. And I believe, you know, God has shown me it's like people who think that way, they think they're God. They think they call the shots. The same people, because it would both be like, how can you have a freaking baby shower for somebody to go, it's a baby, it's a baby, it's a baby. But then somebody, oh, well, you know what? I just can't afford a baby right now. I'm just having abortion. Oh, it's a fetus. And I'm like, that's what it is. I mean, like it just, it didn't justify the, the bad thing, but it made me realize, okay, I can relate with this person. I can have a relationship a little better because I know they don't really know what it is. You know, even if they deep down, you know, it's just the thing to have compassion on somebody. We said, I don't know the next part of the lesson now, but the dents, you know, it's like the dent mm-hmm. is good, but you kind of understand where the dent came from. And then you can ask God, like, how do I help my friend or the people around, you know? And anyways, it's just an idea about you know, agreeing to disagree to be able to reach somebody, you know, in a better way.
Because I love what it says here is, you know, it said people want freedom. We, we don't want to control or manipulate. So we sometimes we have to ask ourselves, if somebody doesn't agree, are we trying to control them? Are we trying to manipulate them? Because we got to be careful not to say, you know, try to make them think like we think because we're trying to control them. And so, you know, and in that case, you can become that now you're becoming difficult because they don't see it your way. And so you're like, you know, then as they said, we get in arguments and, you know, now it's like, okay, now I don't even want to be in a relationship with you because you don't think like I do. So, you know, and so I surround myself with people who think like me, talk like me, have the same ideas. And so, and I think that could be, um, we're cutting ourselves short because it's possible we could be seeing it wrong. Mm-hmm. We have to take that into consideration. Maybe you're seeing it wrong. And then I think, you know, bring up the word grace again. Okay. If they don't see it that way, okay. Give them time. Give them grace maybe to come. They may, over a period of time, they may see it that way. But if, you know, we get angry with Adam and then cut them off, then how are we going to, you know, win that person over if we just say, okay, you know what, since you don't see it my way, I want nothing to do with you, you know, so we, we have to be, I can say, we have to be able to disagree. Agreement says, okay, well, we don't see it that way. You don't see it my way. Okay, we, and it may never come to faith, but you still can be in relationship with somebody, be friends with somebody, or be in a marriage with somebody, you know, that disagree with you on different things. Because a lot of times, you know, and what happens is, especially in some cases, married marriage, you know, okay, hey, you know, you disagree, and then you dissolve the marriage, and then, okay, you think that what they say, you know, what the grass was green on the other side, <laughs> and then you find out it was green light shining on brown grass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, wait a minute. I thought I had something good. So we got to be very careful. Yeah, right. that's a really good point, you know, and, and that kind of goes very well with what Julie was saying. Even something as, as, as serious or as important as abortion, you can still be friends right. some, with someone who agrees with abortion or even be married to somebody who agrees with abortion because you could both still be believers. Right. You know, you know, that parable about the sower, the sower sowing the word. I mean, every word sown or every scripture read requires a and I think we had talked about this before, it requires a revelation of that word. Something as simple as um, um, Jesus, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only God's son. We'll believe him. Should our parents have everlasting life? Well, I can read that, but not be born again. But then I could read it and be like, wow get a revelation on it, and then be born again. So that's just one scripture. Mm -hmm. So then it goes on from there, you know, as far as getting your belief system together, as far as what you agree with and don't agree with, 
well, this is right and this is wrong. I mean, it, it, you have to really get it and get an understanding and allow God, you know, even though the sower, you know, that's our job and we can do that. So the word, but it ain't our job to convince or it ain't our job to condemn and say, I gave you the word and that's what we're saying. You ain't, it ain't like that. No, you're right. You gotta get a revelation on whatever that word is, whether it's Jesus is the son of God or whether it's, you know, um, the life begins while it's in the womb, you know, same, you know. Yeah. I like this class. I really enjoy it. It gets to some deep stuff yeah. <laughs> in the word. All right, let's look at this. Let's go to Ephesians um, chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. I just want to description here. Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32. Read it from the NLT. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So we're talking about the beginning, like I said, get rid of all that stuff. So you know, bitterness, <clears throat> because people don't agree with us, the anger, slander. And I see in slander, that's what I see a lot on 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 the these social medias now. You see believers slandering other believers because what we're talking about, I don't agree with you. So I'm going to get on social media and get me a following. To get everybody to agree with me how I don't agree with you. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a way to do it. There's a way to, you know, say, okay, you know what? Hey, this is what this person said. I disagree with it. Here's why. And, you know, scripture. And, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, you see on social media. I know I see on social media a lot where it's just bashing people, calling people false prophets. Um, I mean, just call them all kinds of names and just really talking. Yeah. Like you said, we're talking about the difference between to say I disagree versus condemnation. Mm -hmm. And I think they, they get into a place of condemnation. And it's and that's mm -hmm. not what God called us to do. I think, you know, I think about the church my mom and I used to attend. And again, it started out really well. This was like 20 years ago. But then 12 years ago, about when we left, it got to where... We mentioned it was like the vision, our passion, say quote unquote vision, and struck away, started to go towards some other things that was not, you know, biblical. And, um, you know, I mean, mom and I, you know, we could have went, stirred stuff, whatever. We just, we finally realized it was okay for us to leave, leave from what we did, you know, whatnot. But I go, I thought about saying, you know, the thing about that example, sometimes. You don't even need to have a group of people to disagree. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we're saying, you know, there's a way to go about it in a platform if you do need to for that position <clears> of <throat> people. But everybody, I mean, it wasn't just us that noticed it because, you know, you'd see somebody in a grocery store six months later or two years later and, oh, hey, do you still go there? No, oh, no, me neither. Oh, and you would realize it was the same reasons as 
you know, if they had somebody hurting in their family or they noticed it themselves that things were not mm-hmm. doing right. We even it wasn't um, trash. It was yeah, it wasn't trash. It was just, you know, it was real social media. Tell everybody. When it was <laughs> real, you know, you even a couple right that did go there, they left and I mean, they were the elite. Like, this gentleman didn't even have to ask the pastor. That's how close they were. He would just stand up. He'd say things at the end. Like, we had prayer. Everything. He left one day. One day we noticed they were gone and we're like, okay. And we were really close with the pastor's wife. It's a long story. And she's like, what happened? We finally had to ask him. She's like, he said he wanted to go somewhere he could be trained for ministry. And at first, first thing, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of offended at him. But then later, we realized more and more he ended up starting his own church. And what I understand, it's a churchy church. You know, it's they reach out to people, they do stuff. And I think, you know, it's one of those things. It was the truth will surface, you know, <laughs> and it did, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't go on, we didn't go in there and say, mm-hmm. don't go there. Right. We did we just talked among ourselves we, just kind of we didn't understand what we didn't understand what's going on. We just, yeah. it's, what happened is just kept because it was so good and just going that way. And it's okay, like yeah. I said, if you have something you said and somebody may, yeah. you know, ask you, like I know I've left ministries and met people and they may ask me why I leave, okay, this is why I left. I disagree with this. But not to bash down the whole ministry yeah. or the whole pastor oh. because you know, the whole leadership team because you disagree with something. You know, it's just like, okay, what well, I didn't see it that way, so therefore I just, and then I think that's the best way to do it. But I want to read this, you know, because I think this is important. It says, peace is more valuable than being right. It says to me, having peace is worth withholding my opinion and not needing to have the last word in a disagreement. It is worth saying, I may be wrong, or even I am wrong, and it's it's worth saying, I'm sorry, or please forgive me. So I love what it said. So which is more valuable, having peace or being right? Peace. Yeah, because, you know, we think, you know, and think it is, okay, and I think I'm guilty of it. And there was, there was a season like, well, I want to be right. Because, you know, what, uh, and, and when you're trying to be right all the time, then now I'm not looking to trying to uh, well, agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm just looking to be right. And the thing about that is it's like something you you can get to a place where, you know, and a lot of us, I think we've been there. I've been there where you think in order to be righteous, you got to be right. OK, yeah, that's good. I like that, you know, because being being righteous is being right, and that's not that's not grace. That's not grace. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it, it 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 ties back into the whole the whole idea of being in a position where we loving God. We're we're loving people with the the love that God has for us, mm-hmm. and that's supernatural. Yeah. So yeah. you 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 know you can't do that in and of your own strength. No, you can't. But yeah, it says so we have to determine which is more valuable. The peace, you know, having peace, you know, with this person, even though they may be difficult. And do I value the peace or do I value being right? Because, you know, if one if being right takes more pride over having peace. Then you always there's always gonna be conflict. 
It's all going to be fighting and you're never going to come to it. Or, you know, you may not, as we talked about here, um, giving them the grace or the freedom to say disagree with us and say, you know what? They don't see it my way. OK, maybe they may see it my way, you know, over long term or maybe they may never see it my way. I'm OK with that. You know, just and like you said, you have to. I had learned somebody told me that. You know, it's it's God's job to change people, not ours. Yeah, it's God's job to change, not ours. And and I try to be Jesus. And at some point in my life, it was a season when I'm trying to change it because mm-hmm. I'm trying to, as as you say, okay, because I'm righteous, I'm gonna be right. And he hit it right in the head. I was like, yeah, I agree with that because that's all me. Mm-hmm. And I'm righteous to God, so I'm gonna be right today. You know? It's just like Kevin was talking about. We, you know, we we sowing the seed, but after you sow the seed, your job is over. Right. That's good. Yeah. But yeah. you know, all of us been there where we sow the seed and then we try to do, dig in the dirt and, and and make the seed grow ourselves. Then mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's not our job. No, it's not. Was it some planet, some water? God gives the increase. That's right. That's all right, we got one more scripture tonight. Let's look at Ephesians. Right, just flip over one chapter. Ephesians chapter five, verse one and two. Okay, Ephesians chapter five, one and two says it says, "Imitate God." Therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Verse 2 says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So we we imitating Jesus. When it comes to loving difficult people, okay, we got to look at the scripture and say, okay, how did Jesus do it? So I'm going to imitate him. And it tells us how he did it. He says, because he says, be as his children, be his children. We imitate everything he do. But I like the way it says, hey, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice. So when I read that, I said, okay, so we have to conclude. We have to get our mind. Loving difficult people is a what? Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's a sacrifice. And I think what Romans 12 said, we present your body a living sacrifice. We're living sacrifices. But I heard somebody say years ago, it says, the thing about living sacrifice, it can crawl off the altar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it's living. It ain't dead. <laughs> so we got, you know, I don't know about you. This time when I crawl off the altar, I got to crawl right back on. Yeah. That's why Paul said, I died daily. Yeah, I died daily. Yeah. Well, I'm so. not sure if this is a leadership thing or not, but all of a sudden this the story that somebody else watching this week um peter at first would eat with uh the gentiles you know their mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and then he when he got around uh was it james then the guy said jesus's brother and then he wouldn't and then he was kind of ostracizing the gentiles and then when he it says paul when peter came into town it said Paul 
whatever, read him, I don't know, something to his face and called him a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And then his behavior was causing other people to be who, who followed him to be hypocrites. So in that scripture, the word hypocrite was there twice. So who was the leader in that? Was Paul the leader over Peter? Or is that, or is this just a completely different subject? Because, um, I mean, he called him a hypocrite to his face and said, I tell you to your face, you know, you're being a hypocrite and, mm -hmm. and then you're causing these, you're leading these other people to be hypocrites too. And said, why are you doing that? So wh where does that fall into? Well, I think, um, I know what you're talking about. They, Paul was preaching to the Gentiles and he's preaching that, hey, you know what, you didn't have to be circumcised. That was right. the, that was the issue, I think, there. It was, yeah. And um, you know, be. but then Peter, you know, was he was okay with not being circumcised, but then I forgot what church he was at, and now all of a sudden when he got among the Jews. Right. Exactly. He was like, Okay, yeah, you you have to be circumcised. And then Paul condemned was like, Okay, yeah, you kinda switching up, buddy. You know, confusing. Right, you confusing. One minute you you act this way with Jews, then you get around Gentiles, then you saying something else. So, um, I don't know if, how that ties into this, but well, we can kind of just thinking about now. You say speaking the truth in love, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's we were always now we always in a, in a position where we ought to do that. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know how Paul came came across to Peter, mm -hmm. but he did confront him with this. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was it was it's a direct confrontation Very. because of and because of what what the effect it was having on exactly. people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know. So these are two leaders. These are these apostles. Right. Of the church that mm -hmm. you know are it, it, Paul is bringing bringing something to Peter's attention. Right. So for the love of the ch of the church as a whole, this issue was confronted. Now you know I you know I, I don't know how well Paul was hollering and what I don't know how he was going doing it, but the confrontation in and of itself is you know we can see that as an act of love. You know not yet, but not for. Peter specifically, but it is something he needed to hear, but for the whole body as a whole. Right. So that so that that hypocrisy and that confusion doesn't get sewn into yeah. the, the the whole body. Yeah. yeah. Okay, reading from the notes here, it says if we want to have peace in our relationships, respecting each other's rights to have their own opinion is very important. We need when we respect that right, we don't argue with them about what they think or make command com comments that make them feel that something is wrong with them because they feel the way they don't feel the way we do. We may have discussions over topics and situations about which we don't agree, but a discussion is not the same as an argument. So it's it's saying, hey, okay, we can have different opinions, we can disagree, but other than, and I like what it says. My job is not to feel like 
to make you think something wrong with you because you don't agree with me. Or something wrong with you, you know, you. Yeah. How can you believe that way or how can you think that way? You know, you know, and, and so people take offense to that. Yes. And like you said, that's when the arguments and, the, you know, like he said, then between having a discussion, we can discuss something versus an argument. It's okay to have a discussion. Let's have a discussion. You know, you have a side, I have a side. Let's, you know, make our points. And then we walk away saying, well, you know what? I don't see it your way. You don't see it my way. But you know what? As this thing said, we, we agree to disagree. But not to um, try to, let's say, condemn or make somebody feel like that they ain't worth anything or they're wrong about the way they feel. Then now it's like, okay. Once again, like I said, we don't want to be that difficult person that God is calling us to, you know, he's calling us to love difficult people, but we don't want to be difficult. To the point that God can't use us, you know, to minister in somebody's life. And and it's, I think it's really, really important for, you know, like say if, you know, you're in disagreement with someone, it's important for um, God to reveal the direction and the truth and then they make a decision or like you say sometimes hey maybe i'm wrong and it gets revealed to me the direction and the decision but it's important for god to do it and not as you're saying for the person another person to do it because if another person does it or basically makes you feel bad feel wrong so now I'm going to do it then that kind of falls under in in uh, 1 Corinthians when it says if it ain't done in love I mean you give your give your life for whoever or whatever cause or group or people you know or I think the scripture says give your body to be burned but if you're not doing it in love motivated by love it profits you nothing So when God does it, it's a love and then you're motivated. It's that love that motivates you to do, make the right decision and, and, and go in the right direction in that way that maybe that at one point we were in disagreement and now we're all in agreement with because then they're really in agreement, not just I didn't convince them or I talked them into it or I made them, they felt so bad about it or they looked bad, you know, in front maybe of somebody, but they really made that decision from the heart and they were motivated by God and which is motivated by love. That's good. All right. Social media, we thank y'all for tuning in with us. Uh, this is the last lesson to next year, so we will see y'all next year in January. Once again, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye. Good. All right. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year.